Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello. Hello. Hello, Blog Talk Radio. This brought to you by Students for a Better Future. I am Mark Falzon. We have our co-host, the terrific, unflappable Ruben Torres, <laughs> and our guest. Our guest tonight is Israel Teitelman, the resident New Jersey expert on school choice. Now, before I give the floor to Israel, uh, I want him, Dr. Mark, the political optometrist, trying to help you see clearly, wants to make a point. And the point is this. The Democrats pound their chest and yell from the mountaintop that they care about minorities, they care about black folks, they care about the inner cities. Then they turn around and squash school choice and insist that the predominantly minority students in the inner city attend failing, unsafe schools. So where the Democrats, they talk the talk, and they certainly don't walk the walk. Now, the funny thing is the so-called Tea Party, the so-called racist, the so-called conservatives, the so-called racist are all for school choice. Now, isn't now put that in your pipe and smoke it, and let that sink around in your head. Democrats oppose school choice to help minority students. Conservatives, Tea Party, Republicans don't. Israel, you have the floor, sir. Please tell us about what you're doing in New Jersey for school choice. Well, we've been working on this thing for quite a while, and uh, hopefully things will be, the beginning of the end is coming this Sunday when we're going to be having National School Choice Week begins this Sunday. And uh, we're mm-hmm. hoping to bring together people, and I know your group is going to be there, um, videoing and uh, audioing and getting the word out. And what we're trying to accomplish at this point is to let people know what needs to be done to get school choice passed. It, it's a long, long story that began really, really, except like 23 years ago when uh, uh, Christy Whitman was running for governor. That's when she kind of attracted attention to this issue by putting it on her agenda, putting it on the campaign trail and saying that you elect me, you know, we're going to work on a school voucher program so that every child in the state will be able to get themselves a decent education for a lot less money than they're spending now in the, in the public schools, some of them that are really not educating the children. And uh, so when she became governor, she appointed a committee headed by uh, the previous governor, uh, Tom Kane, and there was a 15-person committee, and it went around the state. They took testimony for days in the South Jersey and uh, uh, North Jersey, Central Jersey. She was governor for seven years until she went into the federal government, but somehow we never got a bill. Well, go, go, 
fast forward over to Chris Christie when he ran for governor in '09. He again promised school choice. The school choice movement came out full force. Uh, but still, we, we still don't have, there is a bill. By the way, New Jersey is the first in the country to have uh, a universal school choice bill. A universal means that you don't pick and choose who's going to get a voucher and who's not going to get a voucher. The, in, in most states, they do have partial programs, but they kind of pick and choose who's going to get it. If you have this kind of income, you get it. You have so many kids in the family, whatever. Universal school choice is like uh, treats you like they treat kids to go to public school. You don't discriminate between this kid gets uh, to go to public school. Does not you have freedom to go? Universal yeah, but now uh, wait, Israel, Israel, Israel. Hold on. Now we, I would think, uh, just being the uh, feet on the ground, down to earth guy that I am, I would think now transportation would then become a major issue. If if you you're bypassing your local neighborhood school, and you want to go to a different school, and I I want them to if that's what they decide, because education is a way to lift up the inner city, um, or at least basic education. What what kind of transportation issues do you foresee, Israel? Well, transportation is handled right now. Whether you go to public school or you go to non-public school. Uh, the state does provide education because that was a Supreme Court decision way back when. So that that doesn't kind of enter this. The, the voucher program basically... Oh, okay. Well, if you don't think it's going to... I think, you know, you're going to have... Uh, we, we just, just think about it. You have, you have a one block, say it's in Trenton, and there's 35 school children, and they're attending two local schools, the local grammar school and the local middle school. All 35 students decide, okay, you know, these schools stink. Uh, the parents say, I don't want my children to go here. So now instead of 35 children going to two schools, you know, where and transportation being provided where necessary, now you have 35 students going to eight schools. I mean, I, I would think you'd have to start the school year off a week in advance just to sort that out, No. Well, uh, that that already exists. Uh, there are kids that go to non-public schools and go to different schools, and somehow they work that out. That's that's a small part of the educational course. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just a, well, a meat and yeah. potatoes type of guy. Well, the main, let, the main let, let course let is the course of the education after school, and uh, that's major. And, uh, some of the schools are costing 30000 in, in the city, some of the Costs are going up to like thirty thousand dollars and more to provide For an education. Grammar school? And it's actually, you yeah. know, we're talking yeah. about public schools. We're yeah. talking about public schools. Israel. So they, oh, 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 wait, so you're talking about the cost to the taxpayers? Thirty thousand. Right. People. You got it. Oh, okay. Thirty thousand. Now it, the program it, that we it, have. The, the bill that Wait, Israel, Ruben wants to say something. Ruben, no, do you no, want no, to say no, something, finish sir? Up, finish, finish up, finish up, and I'll, 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 I'll interject up there. Okay, go ahead, so, uh, so Israel. Bill, I'm sorry. The, the universal bill that we have in New Jersey is would take the state money. But the way the way the way education is funded in New Jersey, it's really crazy, kind of. You have two thirds coming from the locals. 
in, in average, and one-third coming from the state. But the one-third coming from the state is a portion very lopsided. Most of the money is going to what they call the 31 Abbott District, the inner schools that are really not providing a quality education. What this bill does... Well, you, you, know, I, you know, that's funny you uh, mention that, because I always have a bone to pick. We have a district called Hoboken in New Jersey, and it's become a real upscale area. I mean, condos go for over a million. They're all along the waterfront. Uh, it's an up-and-coming area, and Hoboken is still an Abbott district. Hoboken is still taking tax dollars from surrounding communities to educate right. their own Hoboken children. So uh, well, I, I hear Abbott District, and to me it's like the old Abbott and Costello, Niagara Falls. You know, slowly yeah. I turn, step by step, when I hear someone I, say, I, say I, Hoboken. I Go ahead, Israel. Okay. Well, this, this bill would fix that because what this bill does, it takes the state money, which is coming out of people's income taxes, their sales taxes, and instead of some judge deciding this is how much has to go there, this is how much has to go there, this is equitably distributed to all the kids in the state. That would be their school voucher. You divide the number of kids in the state into the state money that's being spent now. It's uh, close to $10 billion, by the way. So the state is close to spending about $30 billion annually for education. So that would take one-third of that money, the, the nine, $10 billion that the state is spending, using that as voucher money. So every child that would take a voucher from that state money would be saving the taxpayer the other two-thirds. So that money, once it's figured out how much savings there is at the end of the year by children taking that voucher money and going to a school of their choice or their parents' choice, that would add up to really billions of dollars in savings. So the bill requires that savings to go back to the taxpayer in the form of <coughs> property tax reduction. And now, do you think the Democrats, wait, wait a second, Israel, do you think a Demo our radical leftist, uh, insane Democrat-dominated legislature is going to go along with that, actually returning money to the taxpayers? Well, Do that, you think that, so? Okay. Well, not not right now. That's what we have to change. That's what, that's what this event is about. This event is about telling people how to, how to bring about the passage of this bill. And we learn from history, really. If you look back into history, there was a time where discrimination was practiced, and it was practiced under the law. Even the Supreme Court <laughs> supported it. And what happened was the people decided that they're going to let their voices be heard. They started marching in the streets. They started sitting in their lunch counters. If you remember the yeah. 1950s or the 60s, or if you learned about the history, the people, it's not the politicians that changed the nature of this country when it came to discrimination. It was the people that rose up and made a lot of noise. Now we don't yeah. have to march in the streets because of modern technology that provides us the opportunity to be able to communicate in mass. We, we communicate with each other through social media, with email, with the, with the phones and with our computers. That's what this, this campaign is about. The campaign is Israel, about... Israel, 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 
let me uh, sure. let me go back. I, I I've been I've been following. As a matter of fact, you I was on your advisory board when I was living in New Jersey. Uh, mm-hmm. I attended I attended some of your events, and and I I have to congratulate you because you you've been you, you've been persistent, driven t- to make this work, and it's gonna work. But I have I ha- I have some questions for you. Number one, what has been because I from what I recall. In, in regards to the, the black community, in regards to the Hispanic community, I didn't see as many in, in those communities reaching out and being involved when I was participating. Uh, that's number one. Number two, we had a lot of very important leaders like Anthony Bucco, like Steve Orho, uh, a lot of the senators and congressmen in New Jersey that I got a chance to meet, they, as a matter of fact, I interviewed them on, on my radio show. Uh, what has been the um, what has been the connection? First of all, the, the the different communities and the important leaders like Tom Kane Jr. Also, in regards to being consistent, like you have, and and and, and driven to make this happen, because a child should not be judged by a zip code. You know, if you live in the zip code, that means you're stuck for the rest of your life. I mean, that's how I look at it. That's what I got from it, that a child should be able to maneuver and go to, to any school as long as that that, that opportunity is available. Yeah, especially that's, that's if his exactly, neighborhood school is substandard. Go ahead, Israel. I'm that, sorry. That's, exact, that's exactly what we're trying to accomplish. This, this event that we're going to have this Sunday in Newark, by the way, is to be focused on actually bringing this whole campaign to the minority community, to the poor community, to the Abbott districts. And we have major um, leaders in the minority community that are leading this event. In fact, this Sunday, part of this event is going to be a press conference. We sent out a press release today, a press conference with David White. David White represents CORE, Congress of Racial Equality, in in New Jersey. And he has the major support nationally from Niger Innes. And CORE was very much involved in uh, in the civil rights battle of the 1950s, 1960s. In fact, those three people that – there were three people that died in that campaign. They lost their lives fighting for – for civil rights. It was the three people like James, young people, James Cheney, Andrew Goodman, and Michael Schwerner. There were three young civil rights workers, and they were murdered by the KKK in 1964 in Mississippi. They were members yes, of the court. Democrat KKK, by the way, I'm going to add, because uh, yeah, in case our listeners don't know, Martin Luther King was a registered Republican. Go ahead, Israel. Yeah, and and they were they were members of CORE, and they were on assignment there to the Freedom Summer Voter Registration Project when they were when they were killed. And now uh, Niger is working closely with uh, David White, who's been very active on this over over the past decades. He's been calling into talk shows and all, and getting people to understand what's going on here. And there's going to be another uh, representative of the community of the Black community uh, with us at this event. Uh, Reverend, um, this is uh, Reverend. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm looking for my 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 program. And, okay. Um, 
and and, and um, I don't know why I'm missing him, but he's here. All right. He's in the meantime, Israel, how can our listeners reach out to you if they feel moved enough to assist in this campaign? How do people? Oh, what's certainly... your website? How do they get in touch with you? Okay, the, the, they can take a look up at Alliance for Free Choice in Education. Alliance. Wow, for that's the wait, Alliance for. Wait, say that again. Whole, Alliance. Whole, whole thing. Alliance for Free Choice in Education, and they can in education dot com. Is it a dot com? Yeah, it's a dot com. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. All right. So you know what? Say it again, slowly and clearly for everyone. Please. Alliance for Free Choice in Education. All spelled out. And, uh, dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. And you could also Freedom call me. I, 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 I'd like to get calls as well. People could call, and if they want to register for the event or they want to get more details on the event, All right. they could call. Where do they call? Where do they call, Israel? 973-820-6121. Okay, the reverend that I wanted to tell you about is Reverend Stephen Kraft. He's from the Christian Citizenship Ministries, and he will also be addressing this event and he's also going to be working with the community to see to it that people go, get into action. See, what, the problem is that people think that it's impossible to persuade their representatives. Wherever you go, when you talk about this issue about education, they say, oh, it's impossible. There's the unions. They're so powerful. Well, once a person says that it's impossible and the, the big unions, and they, and they have the fear of these unions, then it becomes impossible. The, the way things happen, the way you could make something happen, is the first thing is to have the confidence that, that, that your voice counts. And, and, of course, one voice is not enough, but if everybody uses their voice, everyone uses their influence, it, it, it adds, it adds, and that's the way to get it done. But Israel, 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 yeah. and I'm a firm, I'm a firm believer in what you just said. I'm a firm believer, mm-hmm. and, and, and but I have to. Uh, I'm also very realistic in life, uh, right. and and as much as I believe New Jersey, I lived in New Jersey for a long time. Yeah, uh, New Jersey politics are dirty. Uh, unions control a lot of the people. I mean, it's not in their best interest to have. All these kids that are going to public school, moving away from, 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 uh, you know, taking that, that that's, they're taking away so, uh, students and teachers and voters uh, and union members. So, I mean, the, the struggle, struggle is to try to overcome the union control that they have over New Jersey. I know Governor Christie has done, uh, you know, a great job of trying to defeat them, but. Still, they're there. They're 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 very strong. Yeah, they are. Well, listen, we have a caller. We have a caller, and I'm a big fan of interaction with the listeners. So I'm going to bring a caller in. I don't know who they are. Let's see. Maybe they have a question for Israel. Hello, caller at the three one four number. You're on the air. 
Yeah, I was listening to the conversation and observed the topic. I'm calling from the Midwest, St. Louis area. My name is Pianchi. And uh, <clears throat> I agree definitely that there needs to be school choice. And I have studied the education and academic achievement as it applies to black and black African-American students in this country mm-hmm. since going back in the 70s. And this particular ethnic group's children are being used as a commodity in the public schools. They're being used strictly as a commodity in order to account for the dollars that come to that building when they're head counted around 11, 1130 in the morning, goes toward the average daily attendance. And public schools have not been a success or even a minute school success as you would expect it to be. And at this point in time in history, I think that parents should have the choice to put their child in the environment that they see fit. And someone was mentioning about the teachers' union. Teachers' unions have been a, a nemesis to parents who wants to lead yes, their children yeah, in another direction. I agree direct. with you, sir. I yes. agree with and you. Not it only, seems like our schools aren't there to educate our children. They're there right. to and, en- enrich a certain community and to further radical leftist aims. And this is what the taxpayer is subsidizing, and this is why the schools are going to pot. After you, sir, continue. I'm sorry. And, and, and not only only that, you got some vanguard organization, because when you when you poll African-American parents, uh, adults, they overwhelmingly, you know, in the 70, 75 percentile, say they want school choice. But you got vanguard organizations like the NAACP, which is being controlled by many entities, including the NEA and Urban League, who speak against that because they are put in the position as being the voice for, you know, this particular group. So, no, school choice is needed at this time. And what that does allow, if you have a public school that's doing very well, and I know some, then, of course, parents would keep their children there. But if they don't, and here's a point, no school can offer all the different avenues that a child would need to pursue in order to be able to be competitive on the world scene. It's just not there. And if you look at the performance, you know, we have a school district where the teacher was on strike uh, across the river from me in East St. Louis for the last 30 days, and the average ACT score in that school district is about a 14.8, whereas in the state it's a 20.4. So those well, children well, are going nowhere. Yes, sir. sir. Wow, wow, sir, wow. Sir, I, I, I've, been, I've been to the St. Louis, Missouri uh, area. East St. Louis, I've been around uh, Washington University, beautiful homes. Uh, right across the bridge from uh, York. And I, yes, sir. I, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful. Uh, uh, that that whole area is beautiful. But you're right. I mean, the, the whole situation is that the, the political parties, especially on uh, on the left, they've been trying to control education in this country for such a long time, and they've been succeeding. And mm-hmm. until the Hispanic community, the African-American community, all the communities wake up, Nothing's going to change. No, it's not going to change, and your children are going to continue to suffer. Uh, you got teachers in the Philadelphia school district 
where the average salary is $78,000 a year plus another 19000 in benefits uh, and, uh, and pensions. So your children coming out of those situations, those institutions would never earn that type of money based on what they're obtaining from it. So, uh, right. okay, no, listen, I'm for school choice, and I think there should call, be a strong sir. movement toward it. Thank you very much for the call, sir. That, that was terrific, that fellow calling in from that St. Louis area. Um, okay, Israel, we're uh, back to you. Is, is there anything more you want to say? Like, you said you sent out a press release. Do you want to give us the details of that press release, sir? Well, sure, sure. This, this is basically we're going to be having uh, a press conference about this at the National School Choice Week launch that we're having this coming Sunday in Newark, and that's going to be at the Best Western Robert Tree Hotel and Conference Center. It's on Park Place in Newark, and people are welcome to come. The press is welcome. David will be leading this uh, press conference, David White of CORE. And let me tell you, he basically has put his finger on the solution to this whole problem, and it's basically got to come from the people. It's not going to come from the politicians. It will be. It will come from the people influencing the politicians. And he basically says what to do. He says, he says you've got to ask your representatives. Just ask them a simple question: Does government have the right to hold children back from a decent, a good, and a quality education? Is that within the realm of government? Does government have that right? And what are they going to I'm, say? I'm laughing, Israel, because we all know yeah. the answer to that. We, we all know the answer, it does not. Right, it does not. So the second question that ask your representatives, and that's on the state level regarding the state, it's on the federal level regarding D.C., ask them to take their pen and put to the bill. So New Jersey already has a bill. D.C. would have to you know, have to sponsor the bill because we have a proposed bill, basically the same thing that we have for New Jersey, where the money, a lot less than they're spending in the public school, in D.C. would be half. Over here, the bill is written out to take the, the state money, which is one-third of what they're spending, and it, it, it's enough really to, to give a decent education because there was a study done by an um, economics professor by the name of Caroline Huxby. And she did a study from how much is being spent across the United States for education now compared to how much was spent in 1970. She did the study from 1970 to 2010, 40 years, but adjusted for inflation. So we're talking about real dollars. And what she found is that from 1970 to 2010, the costs for public education in the country increased by 327%. Means means that it's got more than three times more expensive to give a child per, per child to give the education. Now, of not course, of course education. Israel. Of course, because the leftists have. This is just another income stream, uh, where the leftists right. use general taxpayer monies to fund leftist causes, campaigns, persons, and initiatives. And that's why the cost has gone up so much. That's why uh, our beloved, well, your beloved president, he's not mine, oh, jackass, 
has made all these student loans so easy so the money train can keep chugging into the institutions of higher learning, which basically are, uh, you know, little Kremlins on the uh, uh, Manassas River. Uh, you know, the universities are so leftist uh, that they won't even condone free speech. I mean, they, the, the trademark of the leftist audience is censorship. See, the, the argument for the leftist does not hold water. It, it, it cannot sustain itself on its own merits. So, therefore, debate has to be stifled. Speech has to be stifled. And this is what's going on at the universities. As opposed to us conservatives, where our attitude is, let's air it out, baby. Let's Let's put it all on the table and discuss it. Because... Students, and the Tea Party folks know this, the conservatives are on the level. We're straight shooters. We're honest. We're not, we don't have to be deceitful. Here's what we want. Here's what the benefits it provides. Let's do this. What stops it is selfish, greedy, radical leftist power grabs, socialist power grabs. This is what, what, Stops this whole school choice. Now, again, I'm going to ask the audience think about this. Democrats, the so-called, they love people of color, fight school choice tooth and nail. And Republicans, conservatives, and Tea Party people fight for school choice tooth and nail. Like Israel, it, uh, like the gentleman, our guest, Israel, uh, he's a quaint-looking, rabbi-looking gentleman. So you have Jewish people, you have Catholic people, you have other Christian people, all of us pushing for school choice. The dam up, the, what's damming it up and stopping millions of students, predominantly minority students, from at least getting a fair, a good education, so at least they have a fair chance to get a, a decent job, is your Democrats. Please, stop voting Democrats in your inner cities. I mean, uh, go ahead, Israel, because I just wanted to finish. Because the examples of what happens when Democrats run local municipalities is a disgrace. Go ahead, go ahead, folks. Let me, let me, uh, Israel, Israel. Yeah. Yeah, let me... uh, one of, one of the things when I lived in, in Millburn, New Jersey, you know, uh, in Essex County, and I ran for office in Essex County, uh, we used to get we, we we used to give Newark a lot of money because we have the uh, the Short Hills Mall. So a lot of Millburn Township, you know, we, yeah, we real risky up out, there, like Short Hills. Yeah, we 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 basically, and I lived there for fourteen years. We we live uh, we paid a lot of property taxes in that area. Each student in Milburn High, which kids from Shore Hills and Milburn would attend, my son attended Milburn High. We each student got ten thousand dollars. That's what we because the taxpayers in Milburn we basically did not receive state aid from at all. Right, and we gave a lot of money to Newark, Newark. To educate a student in Newark, about twenty-two thousand dollars. Irvington, about twenty. Those communities 
they keep getting the money. They keep getting the money from 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 the Democrats. They keep voting for Democrats. So this is a, this is a cycle that has to be broken. And and until until we have a leadership in front that is going to take care of this, it's it's still going to be a, a, a an extreme you know challenge. I mean to to overcome. What 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 do you see different different today than five years ago? Well, there there are differences in that people are, are well, there are several differences. One, people are catching on. You know, till now, the government, because we didn't have the media that we have, and the media was basically going lockstep together with the government. You know, they they go where the money is. So they were able to cover up what was going on in the public schools. Um, now, with uh, the new media, social media, people are, are much more aware of what's going on. That's one thing. And secondly, people are much, it's much easier for people to let their voices be heard, both to their public officials and also to the public. Before, you had to count on the media to carry the message. The media is not going to carry our message because that's not where the money is. They go, they go, as you know, with the with the public officials because there's advertising, there's all kind of support that comes from government. But now people are much more active. That's why in the past few years, school choice has been going around the country. There's about 38 states that have pilot programs. Nobody actually has a full universal school choice program yet. There's too much resistance. But we're the first to have such a bill, and everybody in New Jersey is able, and that's, that's true whether they're living in a, in a Democrat district or Republican district, they need to pick up the phone and they need to call their public officials. If they want to call their congressmen, they can, there's actually one number to call your congressman. It's 202 Two two four three one two one. You call your congressman. Let them do it for D.C. Because if they do it for D.C., it's going to be an example for the whole country. D.C. D.C. has one of the the worst uh, public schools that you have around the country, and they're spending thirty thousand bucks per child. Cato did a study back in 2012, and at that time, they were reporting like seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars per child. But Cato did a study, and they found it's not seventeen, eighteen thousand. It's it's twenty nine thousand four hundred, twenty nine thousand four hundred eight dollars per child. <laughs> so now it's about thirty thousand per child. And they took that 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 report. They took that to the Census Bureau, and the Census Bureau looked at it and they said, "You're right. It's not seventeen, eighteen thousand. It's more like closer to thirty thousand." And they're not getting an education. So the, the bill that would would uh, fix D.C. would give a child half of that to be able to get a decent education. And that would set an example for the entire country so they can call their, their congressmen and senators to do that. And then they could call their state representatives, which they have two. Everyone's got two assemblymen. they got one senator. And uh, they could call them and basically ask them the question, you know, does government have the right, you know, to hold kids back from a decent education? And the answer, of course, is absolutely not. So we have a bill, signed the bill. Now, next year we're going to have an election in New Jersey for the whole uh, the whole assembly. And um, so if they don't want to comply, if they don't do this, they need to be replaced. 
and 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 that that applies to whoever they are. Whether, even if they're Republicans, if they don't want to support school choice, and there are some Republicans not supporting school choice as well, and they they need to be prompted by their elected by their uh, the voters to do the right thing or be replaced, and, and that's the only way this is going to happen. And that that's what happened basically back in the 1950s and 60s, when as soon as the public officials got the message that this is what the people need, this is what the people want, and this is where the people are going to put their votes, they they complied. And that's what needs to be done today. And today it's so much easier. We don't have to march in the streets. We don't have we, – all we need to do is persuade our public officials to do the right thing. And then when they get that message – that's what it's going to happen. That's what we're all about. That's that's what we're trying to do today, next Sunday, and everyone's welcome to join us. Now, okay, now, Israel, thank you very much, Israel. I wanted you to, one more time before we uh, part company. I wanted you to give the website again, and I'm going to give his phone number, Israel's phone number, if you want to call him and help him in, and assist in this worthy campaign. It's 973 Two zero six one two one. Now, Israel, you want to give that long website name again? <laughs> sure, Alliance for Free Choice in Education dot com. Uh, dot com. Thank you, start, thank you very start, much, start. Israel. Start, yeah. Start, hold, hold, hold it, hold it. Before he, uh, before Israel leaves, I, I have one more question. I have to ask him. Uh, and I go, you, you, go, baby, go. go. You're fine. Uh, of the, all the presidential candidates from the Republican uh, GOP side, which which candidates do you, do you find that are more attentive to school choice? There are a few of them that have been promoting school choice. I didn't see Trump. I couldn't find anything on Trump's campaign about school choice. I'm surprised at that. The, the most what happened, Mark? The one- what happened, Mark? What do you mean? What happened? We're focusing on on uh, top tier issues: immigration, terrorism, uh, fair trade policies. After we get that in order, we'll start tackling the uh, uh, the other issues. But we have major overhauls to go on. Then there's the uh, probably 190,000 radical leftists that have permeated every uh, hole in the government apparatchik that uh, our Bolshevik commander-in-chief has established. Uh, we, we have a lot of issues to do. Now, the good thing is how Donald can, can walk and chew gum at the same time because he hasn't been a career politician. You know, the man actually has a work ethic, uh, something that uh, D.C. Uh, could mimic you know, on both sides of the aisle. Uh, that's what happened to Ruben. Now, I want to tell the audience, Ruben asked that, because Ruben likes Ted Cruz, and I like Donald Trump. <laughs> that's why Ruben asked that question. Uh, Ted Cruz, I, Ted Cruz is, has been speaking majorly for uh, school choice, and uh, you know we've mm-hmm. been in touch with his staff about uh, uh, sponsoring. Why he hasn't sponsored the bill for D.C. is a big question. The, the most likely answer is that he, he's not hearing from the constituents that this is no, what they want. No, he's fighting for his life, Israel. He's, like, for, for instance, now, 
I told you only I'm a Trump fan, and I am. But the fact that he took a loan from, what is it, J.P. Morgan or, or, or whoever the heck, well, excuse me, he's a conservative. He took a loan. If he was a Democrat, he would have been defrauding some government campaign, uh, excuse me, some, some government initiative or department. He would have been defrauding them to fund this campaign. The man borrowed money. He, he has brokerage accounts. Uh, he took he took money on the margin. It's called. That's what that's there for. You're technically borrowing money against your own securities as collateral. And uh, you know, unlike mortgages, you can't get eighty percent. You can't get a hundred percent. You know, because the market always has to worry it can go down. So they allow you a certain percent of your uh, holdings. Uh, to take out in a loan. That's what the man did. The fact even that Donald himself was chastising Ted over that, I think it was just grandstanding BS by Donald, and I wish he would stop it because the the man took a loan. So what? Uh, yeah. you, you know, yeah. I, I, I get upset when I see fellow conservatives or nationalists or patriots mimicking the leftist line. Like... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton has taken tens of millions of dollars in mm-hmm. speaking fees and donations from Wall Street companies. Right. A mountain of money compared to what Ted Cruz did. So let's cut the garbage and let's focus on the real enemy. The real enemy right. now, I called them the Saracens in my Facebook. Now, for our historically challenged students, back in the Crusades, the Europeans called the Muslim enemies the Saracens. Why? I don't know. But I know I've written, read dozens of books where the Crusaders referred to them as Saracens. And the Cossacks, I, I use that term, Cossacks. The Cossacks are people who live in like south-central Russia and are, were part of the Soviet-Soviet Socialist Republic. Uh, so the, that's why I was mocking the Saracens and Cossacks. Listen, Israel, thank you very much, sir. You gave all your data. You have a good evening. We're going to switch on to uh, politics now with Ruben and myself. And thank you very much, Israel. You have You're a good welcome. evening. All okay. right, Israel. Let the Ruben, let's let's rock and roll, baby. Uh, Trump versus Cruz. I want to ask you, the current, what do you think about the Sarah Palin endorsement? Yeah, I love Sarah Palin. I mean, I've always, uh, she looks like, she looks like my wife. I mean, because my wife, uh, they have a similarity. Oh, you lucky man, you lucky man. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to tell you that it's a disappointment to a lot of conservatives, because as much as and, and I'll tell you, I would vote for Trump if if Cruz is not, does not get the nomination. I have to be upfront about that. Yeah, and I would vote but, for Cruz. I would vote for Cruz if he got the nomination and not Trump. Definitely, but I think I think um, you know Sarah Palin is someone that is is going to be an open target. For, for the Democrats, if, if, if yeah, that, you know that's my concern, Ruben. That my jury's yeah. out. I mean, Sarah Palin's endorsement is going to cement Donald's right flank, but you he's got to worry about the center. Part of the allure of Donald Trump are the Democrats and minority folks 
that are joining his tidal wave. And I don't want anything to blunt that. You know, I swear to God, Ruben, these Republicans are, like, mentally challenged when it comes to any sort of strategic pursuits. You know, here's the Republicans, you know, two years ago, uh, they look like, you know, a party for old men. All of a sudden, you've got Donald. He's bringing in millennials, Democrats, inner city minority people. He's he's building the coalition that we need. And what does the Republican establishment do? They try and ice them in the back constantly. You know, if it's not Fox News with their cheap shots, like I heard, who who, who is that little wussy on the five? You know, I don't even watch that show. I just was maneuvering through the stations. Oh, Greg Gunfeld. I heard him say, oh, oh, how how are all these religious people just throwing away their own values by supporting Trump? I wish I was sitting there at the table. I might have slapped him <laughs> after he said that. Oh, you know, who, you know, first of all, I don't see Greg Gumbel in a, not Greg Gumbel, whatever the hell his name is. Uh, I don't see him in Gutfeld. I don't see him in a state of grace. Okay, so I, I'm sorry. I, I don't need some uh, mortal sin mongrel talking to me about my religious values. Nice try, buddy. I mean, on the same token, I also don't need a Marxist pope uh, pontificating all his garbage either. Uh, but uh, the, the Republicans right underneath their nose, see the coalition that they two years ago they could only have dreamed of, and they're fighting it. What? I I mean, to me, it's sickening. Who is guiding these people? I mean, is it a... um, Trying to think of some silly-ass cartoon character. I think you're like uh, Pee Wee Herman is guiding the uh, Republican strategy or something. You know, and you know what he's got one hand on while he's got with the other hand. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'll tell you, uh, since since uh, the last time we 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 were hosting the show, um, a lot of things have happened. Uh, number one, the, this whole situation with um, the New York New York values. As someone who was who has who lived practically all my life in New York City, on the Upper West Side. In in, in, in in liberal 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 town because the Upper West Side is is, is, is liberal. Uh, I yeah, was that's where Sheldon it. Silver was from. That's where Sheldon yeah. Silver was the uh, assembly person who was now convicted on a medley of fraud yeah. charges. Yeah. So I mean, and and I don't I don't see anything wrong with what Donald Trump actually he was the one who said it. Basically, Ted Cruz was just basically quoting, you know, saying, "Hey, he he said this about, you know, the the different different values that are different from values in the state of Iowa, values in in in, in Alabama and in the South. It's, it's totally different. I don't, I, I I was not insulted by what he said. I wasn't either, I, and I couldn't believe. Well, first of all, when when Trump turned it into an anti. 9-11 thing, that, that was just shrewd on his part. But uh, it, it, to me, it's much ado about nothing. We all know what the hell Cruz was talking about. It's like cut yeah. the garbage. You know? and, and I want to tell Donald, cut it out about the loan, 
cut it out about the foreign-born crap and cut it out with this New York stuff and continue ripping into Hillary and Bernie. Because did you see Bernie has opened up like an insurmountable lead over Hillary oh, yeah. in New Hampshire? Did you see that? I'm getting I'm getting ready to post a petition on Facebook to to get him going. I mean, he, he has to win. <laughs> well, it, 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 I'm just astonished that someone of his low caliber can even <laughs> garner some traction. But, but but then again, if you look at who the competition is, uh, Hillary. Uh, I mean, everyone's every day. We're all waiting for the indictments to come down. You know, I'm, I'm really wondering. I would love to be a fly on the wall when the FBI director, who's a pretty straight arrow, because right. he, all he can do is suggest to the DOJ that charges be brought. The DOJ has the ultimate determination, and now we have the DOJ. You know, formally head by. Uh, uh, headed by uh, oh geez I can't even think Eric of his Holder, name. Holder Eric Holder Eric Holder the uh, radical leftist gun giving you know ideological racist lunatic we now have Eric Holder in a dress you know <laughs> the um, Ms Lynch Loretta, from New York City Loretta Lynch from Brooklyn right so I would love to be a fly on the wall when the FBI director calls up Loretta and tells her, okay, you know, we've got uh, seven charges we want levied, and she tells him, well, we'll take that under consideration or some other line of crap she's going to hand out because uh, I I don't even think the Democrats are stupid enough to think that Bernie Sanders can can, can win, you know, coast well, to coast. I have to tell you, I, I don't believe – that she will ever be convicted, indicted, or anything. As long as Loretta Lynch and Barack Hussein Obama are in charge, she'll never be convicted. Indicted. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, like for instance, I want to explain to the audience because many of them may be from out of New Jersey. We had, and I'll tell you where I'm going with this, we had what I called an illegal senator in New Jersey. There was a Senate race between a Republican and a Democrat. The Democrat, like two months before the election, was indicted, and he was, you know, as dirty and slimy as the typical Democrat officeholder criminal. His poll numbers plummeted. All right, less than two months before the election, the Democrats took him off the ballot and put on the guy who won, the great voters of New Jersey voted for Frank Lautenberg. The New Jersey Constitution says in black and white, you can't switch candidates 60 days before the election. The New Jersey Supreme now it was 38 days when it finally went to court, and our renegade lawless New Jersey radical leftist Supreme Court said, oh, no, Torricelli uh, can be dropped. He can be replaced with Lautenberg. And the reason was... Because the people deserve a choice. Now, I'm going to segue to my own congressional campaign, 2010. I'm on the congressional ballot for the Democrat primary because I am a Tea Party Democrat. The Democrats take me to court. We're in court all day. 
they had about a dozen lawyers. I had two Tea Party guys. Uh, and I'm going to mention their name, Billy Barr and Russell Cody. Um, finally, it, it seems evident that the Democrats are, are going to be successful in knocking me off the ballot. So I raised my hand. I says, Judge, I'd I like to address the court. He says, fine. I tell him, you can't let them throw me off the ballot. And the judge says, why? And I tell him, I'm invoking the Torricelli Clause. The people deserve a choice. I tell him, and even more so in this instance, because now in this instance, it's Mr. Pallone or Mr. Falzon. If you take me off the ballot, there's no choice. Now, in the Torricelli instance, there was a choice. Torricelli, the crook, or I think the other right. the Republican was Schindler or Forrester or something. And well, the, the I, judge I, I, laughed I, I, at me. The way Ruben, the judge laughed at me and told me nice try and knocked me off the ballot. So now well, here we have this. We had this illegal senator, and I'm worried. Here's where I'm going with this, Ruben. That at the last minute, at their convention, they're going to insert a Biden or something. That's their fallback. So don't, you know, although I would love to see Hillary indicted because she's broken laws, um, don't be surprised if they do indict her because they're going to have some other swarmy trick up their sleeve when it comes to their convention. And Biden, they, they could have told him, okay, Joe, you know, sit back, you don't have to campaign, chill out, relax, until the convention, and then you're going to have to swing at the gear. Well, uh, so that, I'm worried that, about that, that Ruben. That, that, that anything that's possible with the party of treason, uh, that 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 to me is not. I, I, I wouldn't pass that. I, I would I would agree with you on that. But I have to tell you that Bernie Bernie is becoming a very competitive, uh, uh, respectable challenger to Hillary. And I think well, he, I hope he's, he's got legs. I hope he's hope he's got legs because he's knotted in Iowa, leading in New Hampshire. But then there's 48 other states. You know, I don't know how he's going to do. I haven't researched it. I, I don't know if it's, if winning those uh, or being competitive in Iowa and winning New Hampshire is that going to give him legs in the other states, Ruben? Well, I, I'll tell you, when I was in Iowa uh, working for Ted. Uh, and we went to Iowa State in Ames. Ames is a very liberal city, uh, like the college area, the college campus. And all the kids on their windows, they had stickers and uh, posters of Bernie Sanders. Stupid. I did not see one Hillary Clinton banner or anything related yeah, to but you, you, you know. Just like the Republicans turn their backs on the on the majority of Republicans who are conservative and the grassroots, the Democrats, in the same way, will just turn their backs on these young people because the uh, Marxists, you know, uh, have to control things. They have to have centralized authority because you can have no dissension in the ranks in a radical leftist apparatus. It's, uh, you know, go with the flow or get run over by the flow. So the fact that all these students like this, I'm confident the Democrats will betray their own if they right. think it will suit them. 
you're right. You you are correct. I mean that's that's true. Um, oh yeah, there, I've, uh, I've seen all seen this. They they're both both parties are, let's, are let's just let's let, let, let touch. touch. Uh, Go ahead. Let's touch, let's touch on the the uh, the swap. 150 billion dollars to Iran, and we get our our, our soldiers back. Uh, our, our Navy. Well, I'll tell you, I don't call it the Iranian deal. I call it the Iranian capitulation. I wouldn't even call right. this a deal. And Ruben, what what really is irking me with this is a few months ago they had the big hold down at the UN. Now, for some reason, the president of Argentina, who's a woman, got right. up at the UN and proclaimed that the Obama administration was twisting their arm in Argentina, two thousand nine, to ship uranium to Iran. Yes. Now, so what the hell is going on here? You know, I, I think Trump is being magnanimous when he's saying uh, they're incompetent. I don't think it's that they're incompetent. Uh, I think they're nefarious. There's, you know, people ask, is Obama a Muslim? Is Obama a Muslim? Who cares if he's a Muslim or not? What I do care about is it seems like everything he does is pro-Muslim. And everything he does is anti-white and Christian. And, and that's what bothers me. Because being a Muslim is no big deal. The king of Jordan was Muslim, and he was bombing the hell out of ISIS. Uh, the right. the uh, king of Egypt is closing radical mosques. Not the king of Egypt, the, uh, well, whatever, whatever he is at the moment. Because the Egyptians, I was so happy, overthrew the Muslim Brotherhood. You know, who was, by the way, funded and guided by the Obama administration. I mean, we have, you have to wonder whose side O'Jackass is on. Whether he's a Muslim, a Christian, an agnostic, whether he's homosexual or bisexual or heterosexual, whether he's a semi masculine wussy or a red blooded American, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Why is he so pro-Muslim at every turn, every single one? I can't think of one instant where he came down hard on the Muslims and for the West or the Christians or the Europeans. I mean, well, I, the only thing I, I, I hear from him, I, go ahead. I think I have an idea. I mean, one of, one of the things that I've heard from some of my friends in, 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 in Europe is that a lot of these po politicians, uh, leaders like Merkel in Germany, Hollande in France, a lot of these people are getting paid, paid off by the, the rich, rich, uh, rich Arabs, you know, from Saudi, from the Oh, Korea. yeah, I said that a long time ago, Ruben, oh, that the yeah. basis of all of this, uh, and I used a personal example. Uh, long ago, when I was in college, working my way through college, I worked in a warehouse, and even though the owner of the business was Jewish, our biggest foreign customers came from Saudi Arabia. And one time, uh, the big businessmen from Saudi Arabia were going out with the business owner, and my father was his vice president and right-hand man, and they had a son with them my age, and they asked me to take the kid to lunch while the adults right. went to lunch. So I took this kid, who, by the way, was a Saudi Arab. His English was impeccable. Now, don't forget, right. it's their second language. So mm -hmm. he was very well educated. And he told me, 
the trip they were on, they had two 747s, massive jumbo aircraft. One contained their entourage of 100 people. The the other plane, they landed in Germany, and they loaded up on Mercedes-Benz cars. They went to Sweden, and they loaded on Volvos. And when they came here, they loaded up on Cadillacs. So one airplane was just, they were just buying vehicles and expensive right. vehicles, and then both airplanes were going back. And he told me that there's nothing or no one that they don't buy with their money. So I right. think you hit it on the head, and I've been saying yeah. this for a while, that even in American politics, even with, oh, with yeah. the Democrats, this is what's going on. The Arab oil money is funneling in, and they're kissing Muslim rear end. And again, right. it boils down to greed, which ticks me off, Ruben. Well, you know, me, I, me, I don't uh, like we're, we're lying, running, greedy people. Go ahead. We're, we're running out of time. I just want to announce uh, next week. No, we, we have, have 29 a, minutes. No, we have 29 minutes. Uh, I made this show 90 minutes, Ruben. Oh, fantastic. So uh, just let me interject. Next week, we're having a, a, a special. Uh, an expert. She's been on Forbes magazine. Uh, she is very knowledgeable about what's happening in the stock market. She's going to be here. Her name is Susan Blackburn. She has an own, her, her own firm here in Texas, and she'll be here to discuss anything about the stock market, anything about investments. Mark, you'll be. She'll be someone that you can answer. After a lot of questions, she'll be able to uh, give you a. A good, good answer. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to call her up ahead of time and ask her about financial advice for someone that has no money to invest. <laughs> because, come on, you know, uh, I don't work for the government, so I'm not, uh, you know, stealing money right and left. Uh, I'm 62 years old. I've been unemployed a number of years because uh, apparently – being uh, a 55-plus-year-old white guy, no one wants to employ you. Um, I'm telling you, Ruben, I've even applied to pump gas at Wawa over here. Right. And, of course, I wasn't called. And when I see the people who are pumping gas, they have piercings, they have tattoos. Uh, I don't see them moving too quick. I don't see much of a work ethic. But, no, let's hire the guy with the tattoos and the ring through his nose over the first-generation, hardworking, older guy. It, 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 you know, it, it's sickening. So tell her to, to uh, read up on those type of questions because that's where I'm going to be going. Ma'am, how do I make a million dollars if I start off with nothing? <laughs> and and well, you know what? I'll tell you. My wife has licenses and works for a, a large brokerage entity. And we have friends that have been in the business 40 years, 30 years. And I'm interested in what this woman has to say. Because when I talk to these grizzled veterans of the market, they tell me, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> they have no clue, no method to the madness like it used to be. Um, so I'm going to be all ears for that show, I have to tell you. Now, we still have another 26 minutes left, Ruben. Well, so, we, have, we, still have a lot, we still have a lot to talk about. Uh, let's, let's, um, let's discuss the stock market. You know, we, we've had, for the past couple of years, 
we've been told that the reason the stock market is so well is because Barack Obama has really developed a, 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 such a great economic plan. Uh, we're seeing the effects of Walmart closing many stores. We're seeing the closing of many retail stores like Macy's. Uh, we have unemployment, in, you know, still high. So many people out of work, as you, you were mentioning your, yourself being out of work. Uh, so the, the whole economic issue has been a lie that we have been growing. And we've been, you know, uh, ever ever since the, the Great Recession, that that he, he he came he came and rescued us. It's been a lie. Uh, because oh, without a doubt. Well, first of all, again, I'm going to go on the, th- the thing. I always ask the students. We're going to have to have a contest. We we need a stronger word than hypocrite, because again, the Democrats they're for the poor, they're for the common man, they're for the middle class, and then they'll boast what they've done with the stock market. But in the meantime, I predominantly the one percent is benefiting from the stock market. And and the only reason the stock market was going the way it was was because of zero interest rates. Now, they've upped it up a notch, but the bonds are paying no interest. I know bondmen, you know, men who have been in the market for 40 years and do bonds, and the market is just about dried up unless you're doing munis because they can't, you know, with 0% interest at, at the prime, these bonds can't offer attractive interest. People aren't buying them. They're going into the stock market, and I'll tell you, predominantly, if I had money, I would be buy buy these stocks that pay dividends, because the dividends are paying a higher yield than the bonds are. Things like that are what's fueling the market. Uh, right now, well, well, the, no, no, go well, ahead. Well, the mar- the market is getting fueled by there's there's, there's different reasons why the market is getting. Uh, has has been taking oh, of uh, course. large cuts. Number one, number one has been that the Saudis have been dumping a lot of oil into the market in order to destroy the fracking industry that has created the, the, the price of right. oil. Well, you and know what? Fact, it's not just to destroy the fracking industry. They want to hurt Iran and Russia, too. Well, so well, just well, just well, like uh, well, the thing we're talking about, there's many reasons for the stock market going up. There's many reasons for the Swarties swamping the market with oil. Now, did you see oil was down like twenty eight dollars a barrel today? Yeah, yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna continue because they want to get they want to get the the fracking uh, companies they want fracking industry to collapse. But right, but, and they also want to hurt Iran and Russia. Right, but Iran, Iran, Mark, you have to remember this deal with with that Barack Hussein Obama just uh, negotiated with the Iranians allows the Iranians the sanctions have been lifted, so they're able to export. So that oil is coming into the market now. So the market yep. is basically going to be it's going to continue to go down. But eventually, eventually, once the if they succeed, and I hope they do not succeed in in collapsing the the fracking industry, uh, then the prices will go up. But this is a, this is this is one this impact is impacting the the market the the, the stock market. 
Oil prices. Oh, yeah, it, it is, because uh, all the oil company stocks are going down. Um, and yeah. then, of course, you know, the coal industry is being destroyed. EPA came, uh, they, they came out, and, you know, they uh, wouldn't renew licenses to mine coal on federal property, and that impacts yeah. Yeah. about 40% of our coal production. Well, coal, coal has been a target. Coal has been a target by uh, Obama since since before he was elected. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I know. He even came out and then and said that. You see, the thing that concerns me is what's the number? Seventy, eighty percent of our electricity comes from coal-powered yes generators. So you know, I'd like to see a bill passed in Congress that not one single generator coal-fired or not, be taken offline, not one watt of electricity be taken offline until there is a functioning, proven substitute to replace it. Because you know where this is going, and if people haven't been out of the country, you haven't experienced this. We're going to where blackouts and brownouts in about 10 years will become commonplace if a Hillary Clinton and the gangsters at the EPA continue their reign of terror. And, you know, again, I'm going to talk to the young folks. You take for granted flicking that switch and the light coming on or turning the heat on or the air conditioner. Um, You can go to other parts of the world where for four hours during the day they shut the electricity down, whether it's 102 degrees or not. Whether it's 15 degrees or not, they're shutting off because they know their grid can't handle it. And now, if you want to become some kind of third world hellhole, yeah, you vote for Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton so that I can kick in a fanny when I'm enduring a blackout. After you, Ruben. <laughs> well, I, I, have, I have to tell you that continuing on, on, on the whole economic issue, the the Twenty twenty trillion dollars that right now we're in debt for. We since Obama came in, Obama came in, we were eight trillion dollars in the hole. We're almost close to twenty trillion dollars. Uh, that that has a huge impact on poor government trying to invest money. Even though right now we are the best place to invest because the rest of the world. We have the, the deflation in China. The markets in China are deflating every day. There's tons of money, of investments, not just from the U.S., but from the whole world. China, China. I hope it's not true, but China could be the center, the, the, the area where basically the economic destruction and the ripple effect will impact the rest of the world. And that makes me more nervous that we are so dependent on China for a lot of things. What's your take? Yeah, because there's things that we don't even make anymore. Like, for instance, I don't think TV, any T, there are no American TV companies left or electronics companies left that actually make the product here in North America. And it's because they can't compete with the price levels uh, uh, produced by the products in China. Now, I'm well-versed on this because I was in international buying for almost 10 years, Ruben. 
Right. And, and you know, the thing is, you know, I would love to be president for a year myself because, number one, other parts of the world don't have guaranteed energy sources. We do. The Europeans can be... uh, Putin could flick a switch and turn Europe dark and cold in the winter. So much of their energy comes from Russia. They're dependent on them. Not already we have our own. Uh, We basically are a civilized society. I mean, you have entities like Eric Holder, Barack Obama, Black Lives Matter, Al Sharpton that are... uh, upsetting the social order for nefarious purposes because they don't give a damn about the minority people because if they did, didn't we just do a 60-minute show on school choice that Democrats oppose? So, yeah, tell me again, Ruben, tell me, can you tell me that Democrats are for the minority community when they force them to attend these horrible schools? It's a sin. You you know, I, I tell you, you know, I wish... I know you've heard the Indian, the American Indian saying, "Don't judge anyone till you walk a mile in their moccasins." Right. And I try and think, what would I have done with my wife as we were having children, and the school was horrible? How could I have dealt with it? And I can't think of a solution. Maybe I would have used a relative's address outside of the district so the kid could attend that school. You know, maybe, which is probably illegal, but when you're talking about the education of your child, yeah, you'll, you'll fall on the other side of the line. Who, who, because the society and the politicians don't give a damn, that's for sure. But, yeah, uh, well, uh, well, I mean, what, what a dilemma these people face. Uh, you know, on top of poverty, having enough food in the house, paying the electric bill, paying the rent, eating a, a decent dinner, and now you have to worry, oh, my kid goes to a school where, you know, I've, I've been at some of these schools, Ruben. You don't even feel safe walking in the hallways. You know, there's all these young kids milling around. And he, I was in a grammar school, and it looked like some guys in there were shaving, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> you know, you, I was worried they were going to come up and shiv me in the back, for God's sakes. I mean, th- th- this is what goes on in these schools, you know, where there's no... Uh, authority, there's no discipline, there's no security. And if the student can't sit in that desk and feel secure and safe and focus on what interaction with the teacher and the blackboard, they're not going to learn. You know, they're, they're sweating. Oh, no, who's waiting out in the hallway for me at the end of the period? Things like that. You know, who's going to jump me in the lunchroom? Uh, because the lunchroom matron won't be able to deal with uh, the physicality of it. Uh, it, it, It's horrible. It's horrible these people are in this, and then they go and they keep voting Democrat, the people that keeps closing the door on them. Go ahead, Ruben. Well, the thing is, as a parent, you have to sacrifice. I mean, we sacrificed, and we went ahead, and we moved into a, a, a good school system, a good town, so our son could get good education. Uh, you know, instead of having fancy, you know, a fancy Ooh. car or having a fancy house or having, uh, you know, or, or, or having all this, all this, this luxury, and then sending your school, your kids to 
horrible. Well, thing. yeah, it's, it's selfish parents. You know what, Ruben? We have yeah, a caller. Exactly. I'm going to bring them on. Okay, Ruben? we got a caller. Okay, 404 area code. You are on the air. Yes, indeed. Well, honestly, uh, I disagree with most things said, so I'm just going to hang back and listen uh, to the conversation. But I do find what, it what do you disagree with? Uh, do you disagree that there should be school choice for inner city kids? You disagree with that, sir? Well, school choice is not really an issue to me. Uh, the real issue would be actually improving or making the schools where we're actually producing productive Americans. Uh, if we just keep moving kids around, that still doesn't fix the problem. So it's like treating... Uh, correct. No, never you, you are correct there, them. but you know how long it's going to take to fix the problem? That an immediate solution is school choice until the problem well, the is fixed. Because I'm sure... Go ahead. Well, people who put a man on the moon shouldn't talk about how difficult things are, in my mind. Well, sir, sir. Well, let me, let go ahead, Ruben. The the whole thing about school choice and making it making it, uh, uh, giving children who live in urban communities the opportunity to get a good education is not impossible, but we do face uh, there's a lot of corruption in state politics and federal politics in our political system is very corrupt, so people are getting bought off, and, and a lot of the people are, are, are sellouts. They, they basically state that they're, they're for school choice, and then they turn their backs on. So until until the communities, communities have to come along and say, enough is enough. We need to provide our children with good education. We're paying all these taxes, and where's the money going? But, uh, well, yeah, no, no, that's a great point. And I would say the whole country has to face these problems that we have and actually look at solving them. So these are hard choices we'll have to make. It'll be tough, but it can be done. These are not things that are so difficult to where we have to always kind of try to come up with things outside of of uh, what we already built. So the infrastructure needs rebuilding in this country. They're your job. Uh, we need a major investment in this country. We need to manufacture again. All of these different right. things can be done. They're just going to be difficult and hard choices. And, yeah, most of the politicians are corrupt or already bought or rented by corporations and, and you know, other entities. But these are just fights that we have to have. That, that, that would be my major point here. But uh, either way, man, look, I'm, I'm from a different side of the aisle. I'm definitely not a Democrat, so please don't be, get me confused there. No. But, uh, <laughs> this is an interesting this is an interesting conversation. But I just want to call in and be the, the leftist guy who calls in the conservative guys and tries to argue every point. So interesting topic. <laughs> well, but I, I disagree well, with you guys on most of the solutions. And come on, man, we got to stop blaming Al Sharpton and, and company for things, man. Those guys are irrelevant to a certain degree. Hey, come on, man. Well, well, the reason is, here's what I blame Al Sharpton for. Here's what I'm going to blame Al Sharpton for. Uh, you know, and I won't go back to Tawana Brawley. I won't go back to the the murders that occurred at Freddy's uh, up in Harlem in Manhattan, New York City. I won't get into that. He was the one that proposed this Loretta Lynch 
that scared me right away because I don't feel Al Sharpton has the interest of the country at heart. He has the interest of Al Sharpton and a small clique of black people. He doesn't even have the interest of all black people at heart. Just his little clique of his, his little uh, dog and pony show. So I don't even agreed, want to go agreed. into the Sharpton thing. No, no, agree. But how many, how many Al Sharptons can we find on the right side of the aisle? You see what I mean? Like, we've got people like this all over, corrupt people who make horrible decisions that are based on self-interest. And based I, I don't on know, but you know what, sir? Own. I'm going to call you out. You Tell I mean? me someone on the right who's like Al Sharpton. Who? Bounce a name off. Let's start the list. Sean Hannity would be one. Uh, we can go to Bill, <laughs> go to Bill O'Reilly would be another. Then we can go to think tanks. We can go to the Heritage Foundation. Uh, we, we, like, we can do this all day. Like, there are all kinds okay, of... Okay, all right, all right. No, I understand. You know, I'm not a big fan of Sean Hannity myself, yeah. and I think Bill O'Reilly is, at best, a middle-of-the-roader. If you have a problem with, with Bill O'Reilly, I would, I'm going to have to ask you about your political affiliations because I disagree with Bill O'Reilly, I think, at least half the time. Hannity, I don't well, even listen to him anymore because well, he repeats let me, himself so much. Let me just yeah, but, these, Well, these, these are, this is, this is another main point. These are hucksters who are going to be sad to see Obama go because they made more money up in fear and selling books and doing radio shows on the guy than they've ever done in their life. So when he goes, their income goes down. So the same way that you have the racial hustlers on the black side, you have them on the white side is what I'm trying to say. So, and, and, and you know what? I agree with you, sir. I do. However, the thing is what a lot of – I know the people in D.C. don't have a clue about this. But the thing is a lot of conservatives and Tea Party people think for themselves just because a Mark Levin or a Sean Hannity or a Bill O'Reilly will say something – I don't know any conservatives. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to change my opinion because this person thought that. No, we have our positions. We think for ourselves, and we look for people that espouse how we feel. Uh, we, we don't go, we, you know, we aren't lemmings. Uh, you know, we aren't rodents following the Pied Piper. We, we look for people that espouse our values. Oh, why would you? But why would you think that about black people? You think Al Sharpton could get 40 million black people to do anything? No. There's a lot of people who not he will get like some. He, he will get some. And okay. it's funny you mention him because I have a Facebook page. I have a Facebook page. We have almost 4,000 members. Al Sharpton mm-hmm. is a racist. So, yeah, I could tell you about a lot of black people support uh, Al right, Sharpton. Right. But, but, but not not major, all of them. Right, but listen to one thing. The major point I was trying to make there the same way that you have on that side people who think for themselves and look for people who have similar thinking, you have on that side. So it's not a thing of black people following this agenda or that agenda. Just because the news pops up somebody doesn't mean all black people like them, follow them, or consider their ideology relevant. Okay? That's what I'm saying. Here, here. Okay. No, let no, me, let I, me, uh, I, let I me, wouldn't let claim let that. Let me, I know. Go let ahead, me respond to. Let me respond. Uh, I, I have to tell you something. Uh, Within the Hispanic community and within the African-American community, even with the Caucasian community, we have people, you have, one of the most important classes that I took in college was critical thinking. And I learned so much in that class about how to analyze 
when a message is being promoted, mm-hmm. to, to come to terms on what are they trying to sell to me and what are they trying to get from me. And that yeah. has improved my life on every position that I've ever taken politically, financially, because I'm always analyzing. I don't care if, if you're Hispanic or Caucasian or African-American. If you tell me something, I'm going to analyze it and say, is this good for me or is it good for that other person? And I think in, in all the communities, you have to come to a conclusion. If someone is trying to sell you something or promote something, you have to try and determine, is it good for me and for my community? And then, and then basically fight it. No, indeed, indeed. Critical thinking should be taught uh, more, I would say, even in middle school. Civics need to go back to middle school. Humanity, all these different things that we need to reintroduce uh, to our schools uh, are causing us to have a huge population, which can be moved and swayed by colorful graphs on the television or buzzwords spoken by a politician. So, yeah, like I said, we got a lot of work to do. I'm just saying the work can be done. Like that, that's my thing. Sharif, listen, thank you very much for the call. I was yeah, really very, very interesting. You, you coming on here, and we welcome any and all callers along those veins. Ruben, the reason uh, I asked the gentleman to leave. Yeah, we only got five minutes left on the show. I wanted to say we are sponsored by Students for a Better Future and that whirling dervish, that Gibraltar of a woman named Doreen Finkel. Uh, Our website is Students for a Better Future Um, uh, I'm appealing to some of our more well-heeled listeners That if you could give us a donation Because I'm I'm telling you I think 140% of the monies we receive Goes into what we do And I'm saying 140% Because the money we take in Doesn't cover what we do Doreen is always laying out money so unlike, say, uh, maybe the Red Cross or something like that, where 30 40% of your money will go to where it's needed, 140% of your money goes to what we do. Uh, Doreen goes around constantly to campuses. I, I try and accompany her sometimes. Uh, I enjoy interacting with the students. Uh, I have five children of my own in ages from 34 to 21, so I can really identify with the college students uh, because I'm interacting with my own college student children and post-college students children uh, almost on a daily basis, uh, but obviously because of their age, they've moved out. Um, I don't know about you, but I, something my wife and I always wanted to teach our children was independence, uh, taking care mm-hmm. of yourself. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I myself moved out of my house when I was 19 years old. You know what? Our friend called back. Uh, you know what? I'm going to put him back on the air a minute. We only got 30 yes. minutes yes. left. Hello, sir. You are back on the air. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Well, indeed, guys, I don't want to slow up your show or anything like that. I'm just going to hang back and listen, but I'm not logged in online, so I just called. Oh, know, oh, so oh I, I see. Okay, all right then. I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. But, uh, all right, let me... You know what, I just wanted to tell the listener, we wanted to give you every opportunity. You see, that's the difference between us and the Democrat Bolsheviks. 
we don't want to censor. We don't want to stifle. We want to air it all out, baby. Uh, and that's where we come from. <laughs> we have two and a half minutes left, Ruben. You want to say you want to embellish yeah. at all? I want to, I want to touch on the State of the Union. Uh, the State of the Union, where uh, the um, we had we had the, uh, the President Obama uh, had basically given his last State of the Union. Uh, Yay! And a lot a lot of the things that he said in the State of the Union in regards to uh, illegal immigration and 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 and, and the jihadists. That are coming, you know, that are are basically trying to attack us or attacking us and in, in attacking people in Europe, uh, and 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 he never touched on why there's so many people in the United States that are so mad and upset with this whole situation of bringing more refugees from Syria. I mean, what part of 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 this whole Refugee plan does he does not understand. He We had the incident in Paris. We've had the incidents in California, in in, in in Fort Hood, in different parts. Come on, we cannot allow this. Look at what's happening in Europe, in Germany, in Cologne, Germany. In, in, in New Year's Eve, they raped all these women. Uh, yeah, I, the last I saw, France. there were eight hundred. 883 criminal complaints from New Year's Eve. I said over yeah. 400, almost 500 of them were rapes. But uh, like I said earlier in the show, he always comes down pro-Muslim for the Muslims, without exception, exclusively pro-Muslim. Right. Not what you know. It's if you were keeping score, it's about 173 to nothing. So again, yeah. I don't care if he's a Muslim or not. All I do know is he's pro-Muslim. We're, we're all we're down to 20 seconds. Uh, I want to say again, we have students. Yeah, go ahead. All right, this, this has been Ruben Torres. Ruben. Yeah. Ruben Torres and Mark Falzon with Touring Finkel with Students for a Better Future. Go ahead. Five seconds. Well, Steve, but we, we also will be looking forward to next week when we'll have Suzanne Blackburn as a guest. All right. Anything that's about We're Black Finance? All right. Have a good one. You too, man, Ruben. Pleasure, buddy. Right. Bye-bye. You're welcome.